Hey fans, welcome to today's episode of Calling All Fans. Thank y'all so much for joining us today. Ah, we're excited to bring you another episode. So look, 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 look. If you're not ready, you better get ready and get your game face on. Cause the show's about to start. Hey fans, what is going on? We back with another episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come on. Back is episode two. Come on. Episode two. Um we're about to get it started. We're just about to hop in here, man. Oh yeah. Why waste any time? Come we on. We got some stuff to talk about. Like we're gonna talk about the WNBA. Oh, we're yeah. gonna talk about the NBA again. And we're going to talk about if all assists are created equal. And then we'll make our picks for this Thursday night's football game. Who who even was aware, other than NFL players, that the season started <laughs> this Thursday? I wasn't. I I yeah. I thought it was next weekend. I thought it was I thought it was next Sunday for yeah. sure, man. I'm watching ESPN oh. and it says Season opener September thirteenth, and I was like one, two, three, four. Carry the one. Wait, that's next weekend. Oh, <laughs> shoot! Yeah, man, it 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 kind of snuck up on us. Everything that's going on, you know, the quarantine and um, you know, pandemic, and then uh, just everything that's going on in the world, man. And then sports was kind of such a big deal. We were like, man, we want sports back. And then they gave us basketball, and we were like, oh, great. And we forgot about football. It was like, are they going to play? Are they not going to play? What's going to happen? I never really believed they'd get off the ground, to be completely honest with you. I I, I just, I was like, you know what? NFL is not going to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're usually so far behind the rest of the professional leagues at mm-hmm. this kind of stuff that – it it's not even a far stretch to think that they're not going to figure it out. Like them and the NCAA are the two slowest sports governing entities that we have. And so I'm with you. I was like, man, I want football, but knowing the NFL, we won't have a season. And then somehow by the grace of God, they figured it out. Hey, I'm, I'm all for it. Same. My Dallas Cowboys would take the season. I heard the I heard the Eagles are already injury riddled. So a little bit, a little bit, um, but we'll be okay. Here's the thing: Carson Wentz got us to the playoffs last year when we were hurt down the stretch. We're getting hurt earlier this year, so I'm hoping that we'll have everyone who's hurt back for the home stretch, and then we'll see. You know, we'll see what we're working with at that point. There you go. Come on. Well, hey, we talking so much about football. We might as well just go ahead and hop into Thursday night because, yeah. again, I just, oh, man, I'm just so surprised. Again, I just wasn't aware that it was starting this early. But we got the Houston Texans against the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City, man, who you got? Oh, as as tough. Here's the thing. Okay. Um. You got the two highest paid players in the league um, going at it in Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson battling it out. Um, those are the quarterbacks for Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans, respectively there. Um, oh, man. I want 
so badly to be able to take the Texans. You know, like I want to be able to, mm. but they have no D hop anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their defense is going to be like. David Johnson is, was good like four years ago, and he's still good. He's just not MVP David Johnson anymore. Um, all that to say, I'm taking Kansas City. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Travis Kelsey. They have Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman. They just drafted a pretty, pretty good uh, running back themselves in um, Edwards Elaire. So I got to go with them. And Andy Reid is he's he's a completely different coaching animal, you know. So I, I got to rock with the Chiefs on that one. Yeah, man. I think I've been. Okay, it's the first game. There's no preseason, and I'm just kind of like, you know, could the Chiefs come out flat? Yes. But also the Texans could come out flat. And we could be wondering, like we wondered a lot last year, what in the world is Bill O'Brien doing? (laughs) Um, And so I just – I just am like, you know what I'm I know what we're gonna do. I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Man, the Texans in the playoffs blew a twenty seven point lead. Man, we don't talk about it, bro. I'm not yeah, I'm not saying it to just like oh, to like be down on the Texans. I have no uh qualms. Is that what it's I don't know. No corals. So I don't know what's the word is. No I, issues I don't, with the I Texans. have no beef with the Texans. People yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about it being a rivalry. We play the Dallas Cowboys and the Texans play each other once every four years. That's not a rivalry to me. So in my brain, I'm like, I don't care. I'm gonna just tell you the facts. And the facts is, even if the Chiefs Chiefs come out flat, they got enough firepower to you know, come back from 27 points down. So I I don't see a way, especially without D-Hop, now Kansas City doesn't have to double anybody. And they didn't get any notable wide receivers in return. So um, they just got a guy who I really like, David Johnson, but we don't know what he's going to be because he's been injured. Um, Yeah. So, and he lost his job, if I'm not mistaken, to Cameron Drake. So, with all that being said, it doesn't look good for the Houston Texans. Yeah. I I will pick the Kansas City Chiefs probably 30 to 21. Oh. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, uh, I, I think it'll be like 30 to 21. I'll give them, I'll, no, I'm saying, I'm saying with my guns, 30 to 21. Okay, okay. So you're not buying that Randall Cobb can step into Houston and replace D Hop, nope. and it'll be a seamless transition. You're not buying that at all. He was a Dallas Cowboy, and <laughs> um, I I like Randall Cobb. Sad to see him go, but not because he was our number one receiver, but because he was a good, sturdy number two B receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so you got rid of a not only you didn't get rid of only your run one A, you got rid of a top three wide receiver in the league for sure. Uh, to bring back a guy who would be the second, he's the second option on yeah. most teams. So, yeah. and I think Randall Cobb is a little older too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I don't I don't believe that um, the Texans made a good trade. I don't think any sports fan anywhere believes that um, you traded Except away a apparently guy. the owner of the 
Houston yeah. Texans. Bill O'Brien is the only one that thought that was a good deal because here's the deal, man. You traded away a guy who on I'm trying I'm trying to think right now of all the teams with great number one receivers. He's the number one on probably every team except on, the teams yeah. without Julio Jones and um uh oh I, I'm blanking Michael Thomas like yeah yeah I mean so twenty twenty nine of thirty two teams this guy steps in the locker room and is immediately the best receiver on your roster so I, I don't understand and you gave and him up friends for... with your quarterback exactly oh, man and and they went to the same college they had that connection just man here's the thing. look <sighs> he steps in he's automatically the best receiver probably the best player in the building and you gave him away for sticks and stones basically like you gave him away for nothing you let the cardinals come and take your you offered the cardinals your lunch money they didn't even yeah. try to take it from you you gave it to them so i i don't know i don't understand sticks and stones are so, gonna break the texans bones so yeah speaking of Speaking of things that and people and and you know moves and stuff like that that we don't really expect a lot out of, um, man, let's let's dive into the WNBA. That may be a Whoa. terrible transition. That was that was. We, then, let's 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 redo the transition. No 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 no. I like it. I like it. I like it. Because okay. Because here's the here's the here's the thing. No one really watches the WNBA, and I don't understand why. Oh. So that's my question. Why do why. people not watch the WNBA? Why Why do you not watch the WNBA? Well, I started watching the WNBA. I didn't watch the WNBA because, one, I just didn't know any other players. And I was uh, like, I got a bunch of sports teams that I already keep up with. Like, why do I just want to pick another one? And I really am not that invested. Um, and then, two, when... Here's the thing. In the NBA, when there's a blowout game, I barely watch it, right? Like, I barely watch it when it's a blowout game. Like, I may change the channel if I watch it to see some dunks or whatever. In the WNBA, because I didn't really know what was going on, who the people were, and then if, like, I would say a lot of games are blowouts. Like, you know how, like, women's college basketball is? Like, if you're, if it's the top five, there's no upsets that really happen, like, you know, most of the time. Like, if number one is playing number 16 in the NCAA tournament, they getting beat by 50. No if and buts about it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, like, yeah. and so in the WNBA, I was like, I don't even know any of these players. Why am I going to watch a team lose by 50? Like, I don't know. Like, I didn't want to see that. And then, bro, quarantine, I'm watching and I think they're getting more TV coverage, which is great. Like, like if I already don't understand the league and don't want to watch it, like, why are you going to make it hard for me to watch? You got to make it easy for me to watch. And so I'm like, I'm like, oh, WNBA on ABC on ESPN. Okay, let me check it out, bro. These women be hoping. And I'm not saying like I was surprised because like I didn't think women could hoop, but I'm just like, yo. I got favorite players now. That's what I'm talking Like, I got favorite <laughs> players now. Like, you know, I'm a homer, so I'm like Dallas teams all day, no matter what the sport. But I'm like, wait a minute. Do I really want to pick a Dallas team, or do I just want to be a bandwagon fan right now? Because, I mean, like, 
what's uh Della Dunn, right? Is her name? Elena Della Dunn. That's uh, that's man. my Diana Taurasi, Brianna Stewart, like Scarlett Diggins, Brittany Griner be be balling on me. I'm just like, man, like Nesca or yeah. how you say yeah. that? What's her name? I'm uh, man, I'm Nesca, with you. I'm with you. So me. Uh oh man. The WNBA. Okay, so most people, most casual sport fans, if we're being honest, they don't care to watch the WNBA. They don't. And I've been pondering this, you know, um, and I think it's because people don't like to see fundamental basketball. You know what I mean? Like, we like to see the the individual talent, LeBron James, take over and just go and dunk on somebody. Even if it wasn't the best play, we love to see it. We love to see Russ be crazy and just drive mm. drive the basket and, and you know punch on somebody. That's you know. real. Bro, today I was yelling at Kyle Lowry because <laughs> he just frustrated the heck out of me, bro. I was I wasn't yelling at him, but I was so mad. And I'm sitting there watching it. This man had a wide open three pointer, right? And I mean like so wide open that like his um the next well it wasn't an open three pointer the guy blew he pump faked the guy the guy blew by him and the next two defenders were standing in the paint he drove in understandably if you're not having the greatest night from three whatever drive in hit that jumper hit that floater he drove oh, all no. the way into the paint paint where the two guys were that are about six inches to a foot taller than him and it was just like now I'm gonna do my floater well. What? What are you doing? And then I'm like, well, maybe he's not feeling it tonight. That ball got blocked out of bounds. They get the ball back. He runs off the pick from the inbound, <laughs> shoots a three, knocks it down. I'm like, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm with you, right? But it's just, but it's just here's certain thing. things that like, like anyway, fundamental wonders, basketball. Like, we love to see the men doing things. That we're, okay, so like think Lou Williams, right? Jamal Crawford, those guys come to mind. They do things, and you're like, okay, that there was a better play here, but because of what you did and the reason, and it worked, I'm with it. You know, like, oh, you didn't have to dance on this man and make him break his ankles, but you did, and then you got a bucket, and I love it. You know what I mean? Like that's what we expect from the NBA. Yes, they're gonna play fundamental basketball, ninety five percent of the time, but that five percent is what we as NBA fans live for. That's why the All-Star game is so beautiful to people, like just casual fans, because they're scoring 150, 160 points in the All-Star game, each team, and there's no defense. You're not having to, you know, no Mm -hmm. fundos, and we're just like, we love it. Yeah, and we're just like, we love it. And if you look, I'm I'm willing to bet. Into the last four minutes. I'm willing to bet the last four minutes of the All-Star game every single year is probably the lowest viewership. Because people are like, man, I don't, I don't want to see this in the All Star game. ESPN is oh, I mean, like people want casual, to see the wins. Casual fans are like, man, I, I want to see Giannis dunking on people. I want to see KD <laughs> pulling up from half court. I want to see Steph shooting from the parking lot. Like, I want that. You know. So that's. <sighs> I think I also think Bro, she's a, she's so, so, so good. her name is Sabrina. <laughs> she's so, uh, she's so good. Man. Or you know, she is crazy good bro she's my favorite player i'm gonna stick with dallas i think but she's my favorite player she's actually hurt right now uh i saw her i was watching one of their games new york liberty and she rolled her ankle and like game three 
But in game two, Girl, she's a beast. I think she had like 33 points. Like her second game in the WNBA, she's balling on people. Her team, Oregon, beat the the Olympic yep. team in a scr- exhibition scrimmage. Like this girl is a hooper, and it is crazy how good uh, she okay. is. And I'm That's just what I'm like, so no, it's why because is first, people don't like fundamental basketball. WNBA, they play way more fundamentally sound than the NBA. And then – because no one really watches the WNBA or even watches really women's college basketball, which is a shame. Let me point that out because UConn is incredible. They are so good and they're so fun to watch. I'm going to hop off my soapbox. Anyways, so then individual talents like Sabrina um, don't get the, the, the TV coverage or the media exposure that they should get or the fan you know, following that they should get. Because no one's watching because everyone's like, oh, fundamental basketball. And people don't love the fundamentals anymore. You know, people think that what we're getting in the NBA is good basketball, which it is. And it's fun to watch. Don't get me wrong. But it's not sound fundamental basketball. You know what I mean? So if if people fall in love with fundamentals, I think we'll see the WNBA start to skyrocket. No, I like the WNBA. I'm a fan of the WNBA because these girls be like hooping for real. Like. I just, I'm just like, what in the world? Has this been a secret? And I feel bad now because I'm like, uh, Sue Bird. Sue Bird is another one. Like, we just keep naming people. Sue Bird, and I feel like she's about to retire. Uh, I hope there become more women coaches, um, even at the NBA level. Like, I, I think Becky Hammond is a great example of this. Um, yeah, but yeah, man, I I like the WNBA, and I wanted to give them a shout out for sure, for sure. We need to they they need to be recognized, recognized, man. Like for real, they and not only just because like oh it's you know we need to Come raise on, up man. our women. I'm I'm no, with it's you. because I, they hoop, they hoop, man. They be killing um, admittedly, it. Admittedly, I wasn't for a long time, and then I watched the um so. Real quick, real quick summary of how yeah. I became a fan. I watched the women's NCAA tournament, um, and I saw this this woman, um, this young woman playing for Delaware, and her name was Elena Deladon. And I thought, she's she's hooping. Wait a minute, she's doing post moves. She's pulling up from from three. She's shooting mid range. She's getting a free throw line. She's playing defense. I thought, I'm gonna follow her a little bit. And then she went, like, I think number one overall in that, that year's draft. And I thought, okay, well, let's see what she does in the WNBA. So I, I watched a couple of games, and I was like, they're actually playing really fundamentally sound basketball. Like, if I was a basketball coach in, like, middle school or, like, little dribblers or something like that, I'm, I'm not going to sit them down and say, hey, watch the NBA. You know, watch these guys dunk on people because, realistically, you're not dunking in – in middle school there are of course those freak athletes but for the most part people aren't dunking in, in middle school right but you sit down and watch the WNBA ball movements pick and rolls screens constant movements like you right now can do this you can you not skill wise you're not as as skilled as these women of course but as a team we can move like this we can pass like this like we can do the things that they're doing as a team we just won't be as effective at it because we're not as skilled as they are. Um, but we can practice good fundamentals, you know? And so that's how I became a fan of the WNBA. So big shout-out to the WNBA. Big, big shout-out to the women. Um, and I have a lot of friends that are like, oh, I don't watch the WNBA because I'm not going to watch someone play a sport that I can beat them at. 
I challenge you. I dare you to call out one of these women and see what happens. <laughs> Bro, I didn't got crossed by women who are not going nowhere close to the NBA, uh, WNBA. Uh, you know, so. Hey, here's the thing, man. I just, I'm just sad that it's the end of the careers of like Sue Bird and Donald yeah. Trump. I mean, I'm not saying that yeah. they need, they about to retire, but they are at the latter half of their careers. And I'm just like, man. Uh, anyway, man, the WNBA is dope. It is awesome. Um, and I just, and I, I think, yeah, I think we've done a good job of, of hyping them up. I think you need to, this is what I would say to, to men out there. Uh, and women that like basketball, go watch a game, and I think get invested in the players and pick a favorite player or pick your favorite team and just watch them and get invested. I think you'll actually enjoy it. Well, Cody, before we go into our all assist created equal, I got a question for you. What's up? Do you think the Bucks are going to get <laughs> swept? Um. Okay, so. Completely biased opinion? Yes. I think my Heat <laughs> are going to close it out tonight. Um, I think they have the Bucks number. Um, and truth be told, I don't think the Bucks are built for the playoffs, if I'm being honest. Um, they're a great regular season team, but they kind of fade in the playoffs. So um, totally biased, yes. More realistic answer, uh, no. The, the, real, the reality is the Bucks are good enough to get one. For sure, they're they're the one seed for a reason. So um, that being said, I'm gonna go with no, um, just because I think they're good enough to steal one. But uh, completely biased, I hope that they get swept. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I what I think. I this is what I think. I I think with, without any biases here. I think they will get swept mm. because of game three. Now, my my head is telling me that's not possible. Giannis is on the team. They're going to get one. But my, but my heart is saying, and a little bit of my head is saying, game three was your, your, your time. You were up 11 going into the fourth. Well, 10 minutes left into the fourth. You need to close that out. And the Heat came back and beat you by – you know, however much they won, but I can't remember the score right now. But they, they, they came back and they beat you. And if they're going to take game three away from you like that, they will take game four. And it's all because of Jimmy Butler's mentality and his mindset. And I just think that if it's possible to take game three like that from you, it is also possible to send you home in a game four where it's like, hey, we don't care about who's on your team. Um, we're gonna sweep y'all, and because we're out, we're not out to get the sweep. We out to get the W. And every night they show up to get the W. And that means if we beat you four times in a row, we beat you four times in a row. And I think, and I think it's gonna happen. That's kind of my feels on it. Okay, man. I'm here's the thing. I know that there's no bias in your answer because you're a Mavericks fan, and Mavericks fans hate the Heat, which is fine. Because I don't care for the Mavericks very much either. So, I mean, it's, it's fine. It's a rivalry. I don't even know how it became a rivalry. We've literally only played in the finals twice. Um, and we split. So, to me, it's not really – it that really shouldn't they need be. need to go back. 
Yeah, like we need the rubber match. We need round three. Next year. Next year. Um, hey, next year would be great if the Mavs – I'm not – okay, cheap shot. If the Mavs would have held up their end of the bargain – we could have done it this year potentially, but yeah, y'all ran into the clips, ran into some injuries, and truth be told, KP's injuries, man, and man. a bogus ejection. Man. And truth be told, I didn't want to see the Mavs anyways. I'll be real, I Jimmy would have had to D up Luca. We don't have anybody to D up KP, so Bam. Yeah, I guess Bam could have done it, but then we don't have anybody to D up Steph or Seth. We ain't got anybody to D up. Tim Hardaway, so I mean, it would have just been a problem. Um, yeah, yeah. this but year it's been, but... it been fun though. It been oh fun. yeah, it, I, been I think yeah. So okay, cool. I just well, I had to ask because this is a momentous moment. I feel like Giannis is going to be is 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 going through the LeBron James trials right now. You know how like people are like, oh LeBron's great. Oh, he's gonna get these MVPs, and he he even went to the finals early on, got swept in. He's Everybody's like, Giannis is great. Giannis is great. But he's going through what happens when people figure you out. How are you going to shift in, in your mind and still be that alpha and affect the game? Yeah. What happens when your team don't show up and you got to score 75 points? You know what I'm saying? Like, what yeah. What are you going to do? And so I think he's learning and he's, he's taking his uh, growing pains right now. But yeah. I think Giannis is going to be all right. Now we got this question. For mm, you, okay. Um, okay. Are all assists created? Come on. Equal. Okay. I guess what I mean by that is, and this is what this is what sparked this question for me. Um, I was I'm watching people like the Houston Rockets now, uh, and pretty much everybody today they shoot a lot more um, than okay. like even the I would say even in like the early two thousands. There's a lot more shots, like catch-and-shoot type shots. And people say in the NFL, passing yards, like the records being broken by Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Peyton Manning, um, by these older gen- – like, you know, the, the, the records that are being broken now by those guys is because it's a passing lead yeah. now. And even, like, Patrick Mahomes are going to shatter every record that any of them hold, Right. Because it's a passing league now. And they're saying by nature of where the game is heading, of course he's going to break all these records. I'm saying that same thing about assists. Mm-hmm. Because of the nature of the the where, where the game is heading in the NBA, where it's just catch and shoot, should these assists be looked at equally as something as someone like John Stockton, who had a guy like Carl Malone on his team, where he he passed it in the paint, he didn't know if he was gonna have to work him, work him, yeah. work him, and then shoot because that's not an assist anymore. That's that's he's dribbling, 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 dribbling. You know, like or is or is James Harden when he averages, you know, eight assists a game? Should they all be considered equal, or because somebody double teams him and he just dumps it off to PJ Tucker? Yeah, in the corner I, I get what you're saying. I I'm torn between assists today being tougher actually because of the nature of the league you know because everyone's wanting to shoot threes like they're taking pretty if we're being honest pretty low percentage shots on these assist attempts um a three the three-point shot is the lowest percentage shot in the game of basketball um 
outside of a dunk and a layup, the highest percentage shot is those mid-range jumpers. If you could take that arc and draw it from the baseline and go through both elbows and go to the other side of the court on the baseline, what we like to call the short corner in basketball, that is the highest percentage shot outside of obviously a dunk or a layup, right? But when I think about, you know, John Stockton or um, Mm -hmm. Magic Johnson, I'm trying to think of all the great assist guys uh, that I can think of. Oh, can you name top five? We talking about just just me, like yeah. my personal. You don't have to do them in order. Just top five, whoever. whoever oh, okay. Oh, I actually have no idea. I'm gonna say John Stockton, um, Magic Johnson. I I want to say a guy like Pistol Pete, because um, I just I feel like he had a lot of assists, but I don't know. So I'm gonna say Pistol Pete, um, and then I'm gonna go a little bit more modern. I'm gonna say Jason Kidd. Uh, I'm going to throw Jason Kidd in there. Who was your big man? Kareem. Okay, okay, okay. Cool. Well, here's the thing, man. I, I got okay. the list up right okay. now, and I'll, let you, I'll tell you. It's John Stockton, Jason Kidd. So you got those two, right? You got Magic Johnson. Now, he's number five. So in between really? Jason That's Kidd shocking. and Magic Johnson is Steve wow. Nash and Mark Jackson. Okay. You got rounding out the top ten is Oscar Robinson, Robertson. Chris Paul, LeBron, really? Isaiah Thomas, and Gary Payton. The glove? I never thought Gary Payton was an assist guy. I mean, I didn't get to grow up and watch that him play as much. Interesting. But yeah, I didn't man. think he was an assist so guy. So big. He got 8,000 assists. Wow. Almost nine. It's 89, 66. Man. So Oscar Miller. Roberts. Wow. Man. Okay. I, He's I a forgot left. about I'm sorry. I'm I forgot about the big guy. That's my fault. <laughs> yeah, that man. That man averaged a triple-double, like, for I don't know how many years, but that's why what Russell Westbrook was doing was yeah, so that's, awesome. Yeah, that's, man, okay. I, my nobody bad, had done it since that's Oscar Robertson. Um, if you ever get a chance to listen to this podcast, that's my bad. Um, but, man, okay, so are all assists created equal? So that's why I'm torn, because when you think about these guys, old-school guys, Magic and, and John, they're giving the ball to the guy shooting layups, especially Showtime Lakers with Magic, man, he's pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, and then boom, he's hitting, you know, he's hitting people for layups. So that's an easy assist. But then today, you got you got Harden mm-hmm. hitting P.J. Tucker and who's taking a low percentage shot, albeit he's a specialist. P.J. Tucker is a three-point specialist. He's not going to create his own shot. He's not going to come off of the three-point line. He's probably not going to go in there and bang and try to make layups. He's going to shoot threes. That's what he's going to do. So he's good at it, but it's still low percentage, right? So that's why I'm talking. Yeah. yeah. It's low percentage. I'm with you. But the the volume of shots that are getting taken is crazy. And the not only just the volume of shots, yeah. but the, the, the way the league has gone away from iso ball. You know what I mean? Like, if you know, that's why Camelo Anthony barely had a place in the league anymore. Like, there's no, there's no Camelo playing ISO, no, no yeah. Kobe doing it, no Michael doing it anymore. Like all the ISO ball is gone. So even one on one, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Oh, let me come I'm with you. Um, and so you can jack up this step. I'm gonna say, okay, I'm gonna say, <laughs> like, to, to, to take it to your NFL reference, I think it's different, right? Uh, because the NBA basketball is still basketball. At the end of the day, you got to put the ball in the hoop, right? If you don't put the ball in the hoop, 
you don't get an assist, you don't win ball games, whatever. So comparatively, mm-hmm. that's still the same. That's always been the same throughout all of basketball history. You've always had to take ball, put it through hoop, no matter how you did it, right? But in the NFL, the game has just evolved. So if you look back 60s, 70s, 80s, teams didn't want to run the ball or throw the ball because, well, three things can happen and only one of them is positive. But now teams are like, just throw it. We got we got faster receivers. We got quarterbacks with perceived bigger arms. We don't really know because there's not really a whole lot to go on throwing-wise. But it's like, just do it, man. Get our playmakers in space, you know. And so that in that way, it's a little bit different. But um, to stay on topic, mm-hmm. I do think I, I do think that assists today – this might be a really hot take. I do think that assists today are a little bit – I'm going to say cheaper um, than, than old school assists, right? Because like you said, you never know. If, if I'm John Stockton, whip it down low to Carl Malone, he may back this dude down and go to work. And I missed my assist, but we still get a bucket out of it. Whereas today, Steph Curry's going to come down. He's going to dance on the whole team as we've seen him mm-hmm. do before. And he's going to whip it over to Clay in the corner, bucket. Or he's going to throw an oop to whoever the big man is, bucket. I mean, Draymond Green had a triple-double and scored zero points. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's crazy to think how – how easy it is to get assists today, like you said, because of the volume of shots. So I think assists today are a little bit cheaper than old mm-hmm. school assists. Yeah. I be I'm with you. Now I say this and I will I will just okay. so the fans know we're fair. Um I will present the other side. And I, I'm with you. I think assists are cheaper. And I think, but I will say this: the the people that are on that are in the that top is true. Five, that is very true. Six are currently not playing anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's by a wide margin. Like I would say, Chris Paul is right behind Oscar Robinson, but he's behind Oscar Robinson by like two hundred, and uh, I want to say. 34, 234 assists, which that means Chris Paul will probably catch him because he, he's probably going to play another three years. But I'm just saying, after that's Oscar Robinson, Chris Paul would just move up to six. He would have to get 10,142 to, 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 to beat Magic. Like, the, there's a 10,000 club, Magic, Mark, and Steve. And then there's a twelve thousand club, so Jason Kidd, and then there's John Stockton at fifteen thousand assists. That's so many assists. That is, let me see. That that's just crazy. Like I I don't I don't understand fifteen thousand. Now so I, we say that assists are cheaper, um, but then you look and all of the mm-hmm. one through five are not playing, and they are one through five by kind of a wide margin. Uh, and so that is interesting. And I think the numbers would say that maybe assist came easier back in the day because even like I would say I Jason Kidd was, I think he retired after Steve Nash maybe. Um, but even then they were still in the era of kind of like the ISO ball, um, him and Steve Nash. But yeah, man, I – I, I think I'm I went you. People are like, oh, James Harden is a great 
assist. He's a great passer. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Let's not let's not pretend yeah. because PJ Tucker is wide open in the corner yeah. and he got it to him that he's a great yeah. passer. <laughs> like I don't I don't I I'm not like I don't want to let's let's not pretend like just because he he flipped it back because they yeah. triple team paint to Eric Gordon. You know, like somebody had to be wide open. Like I don't I. Uh, <laughs> He's. I, I'm not saying that he's not a yeah. great passer. I mean, but I. I just don't think everybody who can make a pass is a great passer. They can make good passes. Uh, he could be a good passer that makes yeah. sometimes make great passes. Like, but I. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. Yeah, you're always a great passer when you're the one getting double teamed. Uh, and that's not just. And that's just not for James Harden. I just know it because I. I I'm honestly. I honestly am talking about James Harden because I that's fair. That's fair. Real quick, real quick. I, I'm, I've been doing some math while we've been talking. Okay, John, John Stockton, right? Assist NBA assist leader, fifteen thousand eight hundred and six okay. assists. Right? He played mm-hmm. nineteen seasons. So simple math. You take fifteen eight oh six divided by nineteen, right? To see how many assists did he average per season. So I did that math. Eight hundred and thirty-two. To put that in perspective, Jason Kidd, who also oh played 19 seasons, had 12,091 assists. Bro, you want to guess? You want to guess, Jay Kidd? Before I say it, oh, I got this. That would be like okay, six, okay. So you're really close on the decimal. It's 636.36 assists a season. Oh, and Jason Kidd is number two in NBA history, and they're separated by 200. Oh, what? Here's, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> if you if you give eight hundred yes. assists a season, okay, okay, that means thank you're you. Averaging See, you're helping ten me assists here. per game. Oh, man, I know me and you agree on this assist thing, but now you've like riled up this passion inside of me. I don't even know I had for assists, but it's like this man averaged ten assists a game. I don't even know how many points the man averaged over the course bro. of his career, but at at least ten assists a game. I'm just like, bro. I, you could average five points for all I care. If you're averaging ten assists a game, I'm with it. Accounting, bro. Card. That's it. That's at least like, that's at least on, And it's not even talking about that like you're that doesn't even take into account the times for. that he you know hit a guy with a great pass that would have been an assist, but the dude got hacked and had to go to the free throw line and knock down those points. You know, it's not even talking about how how defensively how he kept his man mm-hmm. from scoring. So then that's you know that's potentially a four point swing. Back to the, you know what I mean? Like it's not even taking into account those things. So, but I'm just like, you're separated. Number one and number two on this list are separated by 200 assists per year. This is crazy. This is wild. Yep. Oh man, crazy indeed. Yeah. So, hey man, let's end it oh, here. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, man, it was really great talking to you on episode two. Talking about yes. the WNBA fans, you should go watch the WNBA. Are all assists created equal? Cody and I think not, but direct message message direct message us on our Instagram page at calling underscore all underscore fans. Uh, if you disagree or agree, and we'll talk about it. Um, 
and Kansas who do you City think Chiefs. Who's win I mean, on Thursday night season opener for the NFL. Yeah, the Chiefs. I, oh, <laughs> we, I didn't pick a score. We don't, said, what did you say? You're thirty playoffs. or something. And I think they're gonna. I think I think they're gonna tell the Chiefs. Hey, at around halftime, they're gonna tell them. Hey. Y'all got one drive in the second half, but y'all got to give up the sticks. I think it's going to be 21 nothing going into halftime. And then I think Pat is going to wake up and say, hey, I'm a $500 million man for a reason, and I think the Chiefs are going to rattle off 42 straight. <laughs> so I think it's going to be 42 to 21, um, and, oh, and I, think, I think the Texans get shut out in the second half. Uh, and I think the – I'm telling you, man, I just think Pat is going to be kind of sleepwalking God. the first half, and then halftime he's going to look and say, okay, now I'm I'm going to play now. Uh, you know, I've been playing with the controller upside down. I'm going to flip it right, and uh, we're going to ball out. And then, you know, the rest will be history after that. But, yeah, man, um, got the Chiefs for sure. It's easy. It's an easy pick. Easy pick. Bet. Bet, bet. Well, hey. Fans, thank y'all so much for listening to episode two. We yeah. love y'all. Thank keep y'all so much fans. for listening to keep episode two. To your favorite teams, and, man. Uh, we love you guys. Yeah, keep being fans. Bye. Hey, fans. Thank y'all for tuning in to another episode of the Calling All Fans podcast. We love you guys. We're so grateful that you joined us today. Remember, keep being fans, keep being biased, and we'll see you on the next episode.